With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. This is the Lombardi Line, part of the DraftKings pregame power-up, which airs every Sunday, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time during the NFL season. Three shows, five hours, all-you-can-eat game day prep, built for all the NFL fans, fantasy, and sports bettors alike. And you can watch it on VEASAN, on the DraftKings Network, and Roku, Samsung TV Plus, and Zumo Play. I am Femi Abebefe, hanging out at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi, back Back in the great state of New Jersey. Michael, we got three games yesterday. We will react to all of them, but how are we doing this morning? Week 15, we got the Sunday slate coming up. Uh, we are doing well. Not as good as Elliot, who, who obviously had his Colts <laughs> yeah. and his Purdue Boilermakers win. He's, you know, he's running around town like crazy, but uh, great. It's awesome. I mean, Saturday football is wonderful, and uh, to get your family all together like we have at my house, it's even nice. better. So, yeah, more football today. I get my picks from Dominic. I'll get all his picks and be able to share them with everybody. He's got them all circled out. He's ready to go. So we're good. We're doing great. I love it. It's what a great time of the year with Christmas and these games, even though some of them weren't exciting. I think we learned a lot about these teams and where Mm -hmm. we're going. No, we'll have to get to Dominic's picks coming up in hour number two there. We'll have to we'll tease that for folks to stick around for those picks. Because, I mean, tell you what, had I listened to Dominic, maybe I'd be fighting for the survivor, uh, the, the $9.2 million. There. I wish I got the heads up on the Ravens that week in week number two, but I digress. There. Speaking of our producer, Elliot, though, he texted me yesterday right after the Colts game said, 2-0, and good day. Like the, His Boilermakers, yeah. the number one team, they, they, they knock off Arizona, and then obviously the Indianapolis Colts getting the win over the Steelers. So great day for our guy, Elliot. Hopefully it's a great day for us here with the bets and we can make a little bit of money here on the Lombardi line. But uh, we will get into yesterday's action and we'll start with what we saw last in primetime. The Detroit Lions talk about a bounce back, Michael. They beat the Broncos Mm. 42-17. The market loved Detroit right at close. This thing closed five and a half. Total 49 and a half flies over the total. Lions looked like they were comfortable inside the stadium of Ford Field. I think from the first quarter on, we knew they were in control and they were in the lead. And, you know, it's funny. 
I read that stat to you on yesterday about teams that play in party type cities. You mm-hmm. bet against them. Denver was one of those. I kept thinking about how slow and enter- and lack of energy Denver had. But this was a game, really. I think if you boil it down, and I'm not trying to be petty or blame anybody, but this was a game we said yesterday that. If the Broncos can't run the ball, the burden of responsibility to win the game will fall on Wilson. And that, and they couldn't do anything. Early in the game, you could just sense it. I think when I was watching the game, it's kind of, I don't think fans understand when you play in a dome and you play indoors, there's a sense of urgency that just goes with playing. You can't see it from the television. You certainly don't see it from the tape when you're watching it. But when you're in the moment of the game, it's real and it's there and you rush and you rush just this slightly a little bit. It's not quite like you're playing faster than you think, but you're playing faster. And and you could see Denver wasn't in sync. And Russell just, I mean, he only threw it 32 times, but when you're behind 21 nothing at the half, you know, even though you score to start the second half, it's just you can't get rhythm, and they could never get control of the game with their defense, which was a huge problem. And so, look, Denver has to play a certain way. It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean they're good. they got to play a certain way. they got to control the pace of the game. they got to stay attached. Their two losses on the road the last three, uh, two of the last three weeks have been they've gotten behind. They can't do that. Yeah, it almost felt like in this game, Detroit, they started off a little bit slow as well. Like they got a couple first downs and they punted. And then Denver had the big play to Judy to get them down into the red zone. But Russ fumbles the football and then Detroit, they're not able to capitalize to where it's like it felt like the Lions were not unsure of themselves, but we're just kind of working out of this funk that they've been over the past month. And Denver's inability to capitalize during that moment. Then Detroit got comfortable in the game and then they grabbed control of the game, like you mentioned there. And they just kind of took off. I mean, Denver's defense had no chance in this game like the the Lions were getting whatever they wanted. Golf was comfortable. I mean, the guy threw five touchdown passes, 278 yards. How about Jameer Gibbs? 100 yards on the ground and a touchdown. It felt like every time he got the ball, he was picking up a first down, Michael. Like the, like the, yeah. the, the, the offensive line for the Detroit Lions really dominated this football game. And we thought going in the game that Denver was going to have a tough time stopping the run. I mean, that yeah. was going to be the issue, right? And, and when J- Jared Goff has running and the lead. See, this is important. You have to remember when they can play from in front, when, when early in that game, if you were in game betting, when Denver could not play from in front and force golf to play from behind, that was going to become a problem. And when it was seven to nothing and they couldn't tie the game or get points on the board. And then it went to 14, the game, I said to my son, this is going to get away from them. And it did. And, And because they can't really stop the run, right? They can't. Now I know they gave up a bunch of yards against Miami in week, week three, but they've been a- unable to stop the run against good teams. I mean, Minnesota ran for 175 yards against them last night, 185 yards. When they play against teams offensively that know how to run the football, they struggle. And because of that, it allows it because Detroit could run the ball on Denver, it allows Goff to play when what I call check the runners at first and third. When Goff has time <laughs> and he's patient and he can check the runners at first and third and throw the ball, he looks really good. Mm-hmm. But when he gets rushed or he doesn't have that play action pass run game, all of a sudden he doesn't look as good. And I think yesterday we saw him look really good in terms of being able to do that. And that's what opened up the game. 
Yeah, this loss puts Denver not into a world of hurt, but now the urgency really kicks in, suffering their seventh loss in this AFC wildcard race. On the Detroit side of it, though, they go over their preseason win total of nine and a half, now sitting at 10 and four, and they are one win away from clinching the NFC North. It will be their first division title in 30 years. So uh, wow. happy times in the Motor City. They bring for Wayne Fonts back for it. They'll bring Wayne Fonts back for it. Wasn't he the last coach that won the title? I think he <laughs> might have been. Might have been. Yeah, it was a bring good... big Wayno back for it. Yeah, he's <laughs> The ninety-three cigars season. in Tampa. He ain't doing anything. There you go, Barry Sanders. Fly him in. The whole crew. You know, Herman Moore. We'll get everybody out there for the Detroit Lions organization. But uh, a big win and a big night there for Detroit. Uh, let's get over to the game that started the day though in Cincinnati. What a game this game. was. I mean, this was yeah. wild, Michael. As somebody who bet Minnesota plus three and a half earlier in the week, I was holding on to my butts. I was thinking about what you told me yesterday during the show that hey, if Mullins throws some interceptions, he might be in trouble. I thought he was going to give this game away. Ultimately, they gave he the did. game away from a straight up standpoint, but I thought he was going to give away the bet standpoint here, but Cincinnati comes from behind to go ahead and get a big fourth quarter effort to force overtime and win this game 27 to 24. I thought Mullen played kind of like we thought he would, you know, and, and Cincinnati's um, Minnesota's defense kind of kept them in, but look, let's face it the fourth quarter, you give up 21 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, there you go. And, and look, they were fortunate. This was a game where, you know, if you know that that interception return for the touchdown that gets called back because of the offsides, I'm sure Kansas City probably thinks you shouldn't have called that, right? <laughs> you know, did, mean, did they warn Hendrickson? Did they warn? Yeah, him? only on the only on when you line up offsides on offense should you warn somebody. Not when you line up offsides on defense. Let's get that straight, right? So you know, I mean, damn it, why didn't they? Learn, well, you know, I mean, the game would have been over. Should have given him a heads up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Russo's got Minnesota in three and a half. I don't know where he got that number on Friday afternoon. I have no idea where he got it from. I have no, my son said to me, we're driving. I said, I have no idea where he got it. I, I know where he gets these numbers, you know, and I should have known when he went with Minnesota first. But look, there was ample chances to me during that fourth quarter. You kind of had a sense that you were going to be able, if you had three, you were going to push, mm-hmm. you know, unless Minnesota was to find a way and, and Mullen just can't see. I mean, you got two fourth, you got third and inches and third and inches again, and you can't make it, and he fumbles the snap. It doesn't count as a turnover, but that might have been the biggest play of the game. You're going to win the game there. You're going to win the game there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I think Garrett Bradbury, he kind of got blown up there when they tried to do the, the tush push run right into the lap of Mullins, and it was a disaster from there. But even then, see, like, see, like, this is an important lesson for all of us to remind ourselves when we get to playoff times. Hmm. In playoff games and in important games, third and two or less are the most important downs in all of football. They become the most important downs. That's why Philadelphia, with their Mariano Rivero type closeout, where they can <laughs> get those inches, you know, that's why they're so dangerous. And if you can't get third and one or third and inches, you know, and you've got to be in, you know, I mean, how about my man Zach Taylor lines up in shotgun? I mean, he got lucky. I mean, Mixon gets destroyed in the hole. Yeah. I thought he got concussed and he gets into the end zone. I mean, that was fortunate that they scored on that play. These are the most important plays. And if you're not physically tough as a team and you're not mentally tough as a team and you don't convert these, you can't win these close games in December and January. So the game goes over the total well over the obviously push on the closing number of three for Cincinnati. Obviously, they get the win, but they also suffered some key injuries. DJ Reader, he was carted off. 
We'll see what his status is going forward here. But Jamar Chase is probably the biggest one left with a shoulder injury, did not return. So we'll see what happens. They play next Saturday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But do you think this Bengals team can be kind of a team that makes a little bit of noise? Because now this is a third straight victory with Jake Browning starting at quarterback. And the team is galvanized and has rallied around this guy. Well, I mean, he's played well. I mean, you know, he played well. See, I think he he disproves this theory that a bad quarterback just needs better skill players. Right. That's wrong. A bad quarterback's a bad quarterback, no matter who's with them. Right. But a good quarterback with good skill players looks a lot better. Right. And I think Mm. Brown, I think he's proven he's a really good quarterback. He's very accurate with the football. He's got toughness. He makes some great throws. Look, that third and what was it, 19 to chase over the middle? I mean, unbelievable. There's some plays he's made when it was not in his advantage to make those plays. It was really remarkable. I mean, he throws 13 incomplete passes for the entire day. And one of the things I thought couldn't happen when he started out on this three game, well, he started four games, he took over, but was the the fact that the more he threw, the less effective he was going to become. And then I thought Taylor would have to try to change what he did offensively. But Taylor, you know, he's kind of broadened out his his run game into bubbles and screens. Now, yesterday, you know, they were not they were not going to allow them to run any screens. Minnesota mm-hmm. was well coached on that. They were not going to allow him to run any screens or give him any cheap throws. But they were able to make the plays. You know, he was able to make plays at critical times in the game. He really was. It was remarkable. Yeah, he was a really a job well done here for Jake Browning as the Bengals improved to eight and six. We'd also we'd be remiss if we did not bring up the T Higgins touchdown there at the end of the oh fourth quarter. Like that's an unbelievable play to then to have the kind of the, the wherewithal to stretch the ball out over the pylon to go ahead and get that thing in there. Like, like T Higgins and Browning, they got something cooking up there uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. We will get to the game in Indianapolis, which saw the Colts beat the Steelers. And then we'll set the table for the Sunday slate today here for week 15 on the Lombardi line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei, on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
If you're looking for a betting edge this college bowl season, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits to let you see where the money and bets are moving every game and our college bowl betting guide where you get picks for every bowl game. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. Become part of the sports betting network. That's V-S-I-N slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. Family of Bebefe, Michael Lombardi, week 15, Sunday in the NFL. Before we get to the Sunday slate, let's recap what we saw in Indianapolis last night there. The Colts beat the Steelers 30 to 13. Indianapolis covers. Game barely goes over that total. It should have been a, an easier bet to clear the total there, but we needed that late Matt Gay field goal there after Tomlin called a couple timeouts when the Colts were looking to get into victory formation. So this game goes over, and Indianapolis now winners of five of six here, eight and six, right in the thick of this AFC wildcard race job well done from head coach Shane Steichen yeah my man Dominic was on this one he you know he got off the plane and he loved the Colts it was his pick of the day how about Love that it. one everybody was everybody was going on this on the trend of uh, certainly on Tomlin and yep. this is the perfect Tomlin spot dog all that the line moved completely towards Pittsburgh I think Pittsburgh might have closed you know in some shops as the favorite but it didn't happen and and for me it was always going to be a hard recommendation because how could, I can't recommend MVP Mitch. I just can't. <laughs> you know, I just can't do it. I mean, he turns the ball over. He doesn't make the easy plays. And as, as Belichick often would tell the team, they deserve what they get. If he's your backup, mm. you deserve what you get. You know, now they got other issues too. Defensively, one of the things that I talked about yesterday on the show Steichen in Philly last year, 306 yards passing against the 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 uh, uh, against the Pittsburgh defense. He understands how to attack them, and that's really a critical component to making the court the game easy for the quarterback, whether it's the starting quarterback or the backup. And Minshew made it was easy for him, and they made plays to get behind 13 and nothing, and they roar back and they take the game over and credit to the Steichen and the def- and the and the offensive staff for doing that. So for me. You know, Pittsburgh's issues are they can't, you know, I don't think they believe in the quarterback. That's A. Mm -hmm. B, they have a real issue. They have a real issue with Pickens. You know, Pickens is all he does is pout. All he does is complain. He becomes bigger than the game itself. And if you want to know why they can't win, they have a poor culture right now. And a lot of it is because of Pickens, because he sees himself as this elite receiver. And you and I both know. You guys can talk all you want about these receivers. If you don't have a quarterback and get the ball to the receiver, you end up with a bad culture because he mm-hmm. creates a problem. He pouts the entire game, and he brings people down with them. Yeah. I mean, you can talk about Pickens. You can talk about Deontay Johnson with some of the stuff that he's done earlier this season in that wide receiver room. And it's like it's one of those things that you see Pickens, you'll see the flash plays and people say, how did this guy not go in the first round? Well, you're starting to see as to why, like some teams might have shied away from Pickens. And and usually the Steelers are able to kind of, I guess, harness these kind of guys. But yeah. it's, it's kind of gotten off the rails here for George Pickens and that Steelers team. Like it's 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 a bad situation. It is. And I mean, people are like, well, Tomlin's not a good coach. You know, okay. A GM texted me this morning and like, if you guys, if anybody in this league thinks Tomlin and Belichick aren't the two best coaches in the league, they're insane. And they don't have a quarterback and they've got problems because those quarterback problems stem into different directions. And I think it's affected their whole team. And don't be shocked if they trade Pickens this offseason. They did the same thing with Claypool. Has anybody heard from Claypool since he got traded? You know, I mean, he's down there in Miami. I mean, he must be at he must be at South Beach. Is he going to, you know, what's he doing down there? I mean, the this is Blue. the issue. 
these these guys complain about not getting the ball, and then they go somewhere else, and all of a sudden, you know, he, he wore out his welcome in Chicago, and now he's down in Miami doing nothing. And we know Tyreek Hill's hurt. So I think there's a culture issue in Pittsburgh as much as anything because you can't just automatically bet on Tomlin now as a dog. Same thing with Vrabel. You know, there's a moment where it's like, okay, Vrabel's a dog. Go, you got to play him here. Mm-hmm. I think these teams are a little different, and the setup is a little different for the head coaches. Our producer Elliot let me know that Chase Claypool in Miami this season, uh, two targets, one catch so far for oh, that's Chase worth Claypool. It. You know, I mean, he's hey, look, he's he tilts the field in your favor. I mean, like, do you really want to? Here's the thing: if you're an executive, you want to put up with a jerk for for this. I mean, like, really? Yeah. Like it's... at some point, what the players have to realize that you know, there's the game is going to go on well before them, right? The Michigan-Ohio State game in the year 2075 is sold out, and the kids aren't even born yet because the game is bigger than the kids. This game, the NFL has proven one thing beyond any doubt. It's bigger than anything. It's bigger than anything. Either you either you get in line or they're going to get you out of line. Yeah. I think the only time I've seen Claypool is I was watching the Dolphins in-season hard knocks. I'm not sure if you've caught any of that, Michael. Uh, I saw no. a, a shot of him just talking with some of the receivers. That's the only Chase Claypool I've seen so Good far this him. season. So uh, he's down there in Miami having, having the time of his life. Uh, let's get to, though, Miami and some of these other games that we have to, on today's Sunday slate because weather will be a big factor all throughout the country here. Miami is one of those spots. Carolina, it sounds like that's where it's going to be the worst between yeah. the Falcons and the Panthers. 15 to 25 mile per hour winds rain throughout the game Cleveland it'll be I mean every week in Cleveland there's something going on whether it's the wind the rain today we get both uh, Buffalo also rain and some wind in there and then a Monday night between Seattle and the Philadelphia Eagles up in the Pacific Northwest some scattered showers in the area but to that I just say welcome to Seattle to anybody that's going out there yeah. but uh, the weather's definitely gonna be a factor especially in this Dolphins game here where we don't even know the status of Tyreek Hill well, look, here's what we do know. We do know that the, the Dolphins have told us that Tyreek's going to make a decision in pregame about how he feels. Well, that tells me he really can't plant and change direction. That tells me this is really, he's not healed. This is about pain tolerance. This, they would know if he was ready to go without him having to check his, lay, his ankle. They, this is about, can I plant and cut? And can the shot that they're going to give me, can that really help me out where I don't feel it? Now, they don't think he's going to do any more damage to it. It just comes down to if I take a, if I take a, a pain relief shot, can I function and feel it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the key. I would be surprised if he didn't play because just him on the field creates a whole new dynamic. But I think the Jets early in this game and pregame warm-up are going to watch him and they're going to say, hey, he's not the same guy. He's not the same guy. And wind and rain is not a friend of Tua. It's really not. He doesn't throw the ball well in the rain. If it's the ball's wet, it's not going to come out as good. Doesn't, you know, and so the Jets have to take advantage of this situation. They really do. And, and the line is moving in their direction. Yeah, though we're seeing like the lines moving in their direction. Where I'm sitting at Circa, we're still at seven and a half. We've been at seven and a half for the past couple of days here. The line and the market is kind of catching up to what Circa has been doing. Eight is the consensus number. Total is at 36 and a half. So as the Jets have been getting bet, the line moving in their direction, the total continues to come down as well. And maybe this is going to be kind of one of those lower scoring, sloppier games. And all of a sudden, Michael, the stakes of this game have been become really, really big because I don't know if you saw the the late night insider reports <laughs> last night there of a uh, old number eight. 
great. Aaron Rodgers could be medically oh, cleared. <laughs> Shaking your head. Medically cleared <laughs> and being able to play are two different things, okay? Medically <laughs> cleared and being – I mean, don't don't fall for that. I mean, don't get – you know, I mean, ignore that. Well, this is game day Sunday. I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers playing for a bad team. Let's go back to this Miami Jet game for a moment. Uh-huh. The line opened up at 13 and a half. It did. And it moved down to 11. And now we're talking about seven and a halfs out there. I mean, this line, and, and so the book's saying to you, the book's telling the better, we don't think Tyreek Hill's going to be effective. We really mm-hmm. don't. And then also f- factor in the weather. Now, I don't think Tyreek Hill's responsible for a six-point movement. No. But I do think, I think weather combined with Tyreek Hill, combined with the fact that Tua doesn't throw the ball well in weather, th- you know, has contributed to this line coming way down. And it'll be a defensive struggle. The, uh, you know, the over-under was at 41. It's down to 37. You know, I see some 36 and a half on my board here this morning. So I still think the under is going to be strongly in play here, too. Do you think there's any optimism around what the Jets did last Sunday in the rain there with Zach Wilson playing one of his better games of his career? Any optimism that maybe the Dolphins defense that showed some signs of weakness on Monday night? Maybe people think that they're a little bit more vulnerable than we once thought. Well, I can say the Dolphins defense with Vic Fangio was not, they were not happy this week because Grumpy Vic, who's normally grumpy to begin with, was grumpier. <laughs> and I think that helps a coach. I think it helps a coach when you don't play well and you got to refocus it. And I think Vic, I think the matchup of Vic and his ability to understand what Nathaniel Hackett wants to do, which is very generic, mm. and knowing Zach Wilson, I think they'll play really good defense today. All right. Well, maybe that's also another sign to go ahead and look at the under here. There's still 37s out there, but like you mentioned, 36 and a half uh, is the consensus number. And maybe who knows, we might close 36, 35 and a half in this game if this continues to uh, to trickle down. And also the status of Tyreek Hill being uh, the number one factor as it pertains to this game. We'll start this handicap, but we'll continue it over on into the next segment as well. Sunday night football, this game between the Jaguars and the Ravens right now in Jacksonville. Could be some weather in that one as well, but right now we're sitting here at three and a half. Been bouncing back and forth between three, three and a half here uh, with both teams kind of banged up entering this game. Well, you know, look, I I think this is one of those situations where they say the weather, the rain will be out of the area by the time the ball gets kicked, but we'll still have some wind. I think the fundamental question here is, is Trevor Lawrence, can he move around and he can he do the things well? And Baltimore's defense has not did not play well. They went down there last year, lost a 27-20 lead and gave it up on the two-point play, lost 28-27. I think there's a lot of revenge in Baltimore's mindset right now. Yeah, we'll see if Baltimore can get that thing right. We'll talk about Jacksonville's defense on the other side because Cleveland took advantage of them a week ago. Can Baltimore do the same? We'll answer that question next here on the Lombardi Live. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game could change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VSIN. The crown is yours. 
This is the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network. Family of MFA, Michael Lombardi, breaking down week 15 here in the NFL. And as we were headed to break, we were talking about this Sunday night football game between the Ravens and the Jaguars. Right now, Baltimore three and a half point favorites, total 41. But we were discussing this during the break here about how the weather is really going to impact this football game. And we encourage everyone to go check out a friend of the program, friend of the network, Kevin Roth, over on Twitter. Meteorologist works in the Houston market there, but does a lot of weather focused on sports betting and fantasy football. And he was talking about how the weather in his write-up over at rotogrinders.com, how we could see 50 to 60 mile per hour wind gusts move through the Jacksonville area. And then during the game, 40 mile per hour gusts uh, in this game. So may may not be this quite as much rain, but it's definitely going to be windy, which affects the passing game and the kicking game as always. Well, I mean, here's a play, right? So you got one of the greatest kickers of all time, in Justin Tucker, right? And you've got a quarterback in Lamar Jackson who loves to run and move around. And so those are two things you really need to have in win games. I'm not sure Riley Patterson is going to be as effective in the in the kicking in kicking or Brandon McManus. I'm sorry, they used to have Riley Patterson. Yeah. McManus is going to be as effective. You know, he's an 85% kicker so far on the year. Uh, missed two inside of 40 yards. So you got to be careful there. I, I worry about Lawrence's movement. I think this is a game, and also worry about the the Jacksonville Jack. Can they run the ball on anybody? Right? They try to run the ball, they just can't. And I think part of it is because of their offensive line. Now, Baltimore's got to play better defensively. They played poorly against a good quarterback last week in Matthew Stafford, but they were able to win the game. This week, I think they've got to do the same thing, and it's a true test. It's a great test for them. It's a playoff test for them because they could see this team down the road again. That's why I think. You, you can't take this game. They're not going to take this game lightly or think it's mm-hmm. A, they got beat by them last year, and B, they've got to maintain this level of excellence to get the number one seed. I think Baltimore will play well today. I do think weather is a factor. I think there's no question. What concerns you for Jacksonville, Walker Little, Ezra Cleveland, their two starting offensive linemen, both could be could miss the game. Mm-hmm. And Cam Robinson's already missing this game as well. So really banged up on that offensive line for the Jaguars on the defensive side of the ball, though, you saw Jacksonville really look kind of leaky against Cleveland last week. Are we starting to see some cracks in that Jags defense? Because I feel like that's been the more consistent unit on this team throughout this season. Well, I think the Jags have a trouble covering and they have trouble covering. Tyson Campbell's not going to play today. Mm-hmm. Cisco, they're starting free safety. He may not play today. Trey Hurden, their nickel corner, he may not play today. So Mm. this is a matchup where they're injured. They have a lot of guys in the back end that are concerning. And their rush isn't exactly dominating, right? I mean, Josh Allen can rush the passer. We see flashes flashes of Trayvon Walker coming in and out of the game and making some plays. But they struggle to cover on a down-distance basis. And this is where maybe the win will help them today. But I would suspect that if Lamar can throw the football, uh, they can throw the football effectively on them. This is a team that you can attack. Every time Jacksonville has to step up in class, whether it's Kansas City at home, whether it's San Francisco at home, they've yet to do it. And remember, all year, Lawrence has played better on the road than he Mm -hmm. has played at home. Yeah, they've been like the road warriors this season, but for some reason at home, they can't take care of business down there in Jacksonville. Uh, it's a big game for the Jacksonville Jaguars because Indianapolis is kind of hot on their heels now all of a sudden in this AFC South. But of course, a big game for Baltimore, who's in it for the race for the number one seed in the AFC. All right, let's go to L.A., where the afternoon game between the Commanders and mm-hmm. Rams got some interesting news yesterday. Right now, the Rams six and a half point favorites, total 49 and a half. And all of a sudden, the all world future Hall of Famer Aaron Donald popped up on the injury 
injury report as questionable with a groin injury. This came up on Saturday. Now, reports since then have showed that he's expected to still play, but clearly not going to be 100% here. The total bounced around a little bit, went up to 50.5 earlier yesterday, now back to 49.5. Uh, how do you see that impacting this game later this afternoon? You know, this is a game on paper where the Sharps love Washington again. I, I don't understand how anybody can love Washington. I don't understand how anybody can love Washington in terms of playing against a good team. Now, I think the reason for this is the matchup favors. It's a it's a it's a down in class defense for Washington. They can throw the ball on the Rams. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw Joe Flacco come off the couch and throw the ball effectively against the Rams. You know, so I think that's probably lending itself. Washington should be able to move the football effectively in the game. They should be able to. And I think to me, when it didn't get to seven, that was part of the teaser issue, right? They don't want to give you seven on a teaser like you loved and Stormy loved to do and get those tees and take mm -hmm. the Rams figuring they're going to win. I, I think this is a game where I believe Washington will have a hard time stopping the run game, which they've had all season long of Williams and this Ram rushing attack. And if they do that, it makes Stafford a better player. He'll throw it 28 times. He'll complete 24 passes and they'll make plays down the field. The question is going to be, can, can the Rams stop Washington from making plays? The matchups don't favor them. So, you know, six and a half is, it looks very tempting to take the Rams, but this could be like the Seattle game, a three-point game when you come sit on it, because you got to believe Washington can score and move the mm -hmm. football effectively on them. Yeah, laying that many points when the defense is a little bit suspect for the Rams, not something that maybe like is as advised to do here in the betting space here. And also tricky for the Rams who coming off of that game, a long physical game against the Baltimore Ravens in overtime now coming home and laying this number. Maybe it's a spot for the commanders who are coming off of the bye to maybe be a little bit more competitive than we think here. As it pertains to Circus Survivor, though, Michael, uh, five entries, five of the 13 entries are on the Rams. So this will be Makes sense, right? I mean, you're going against a team that's going to fire their coach. They're traveling across the country. Yeah. You know, now they're coming off the bye week, right? You know, it, it, it's going to be a nail biter. You're going to sit there and you're going to, it's not going to be a 42 nothing in the first quarter here now, <laughs> you know? So I, I think you got to worry a little bit about that, but we'll find out what kind of resolve they have. And one thing you do know about this Washington offense, they're going to throw it all over the lot. They're not going to be interested in running it. They're going to throw it all over the lot. Yeah, and two entries are already made it to week 16 with the Bengals. I mean, how about that comeback for those people there right. to go ahead and get that? Is there's Circus Survivor, man. It's, it's not for I the faint of heart. I think you're in Survivor at this point <laughs> and you turn a card in, I think you want to take a sleeping pill at when the game's being played and then wake up and have somebody tell you you're in or out because I think the emotions that you're going to go through is just too damn hard. It's like a game. It's really like you're, you're yeah. when you would, when I would be in the league and it was, so oh my God, this is three hours of just torture, <laughs> just torture. Well, we had Adam Burke on who has uh, an entry left here in the Circus Survivor. We had him on, on Friday show of the Lombardi line. And he said that like, he hasn't watched one of their entry games since week nine. He said, I'm just not going to watch it. <laughs> like, I'm going to blame him. I'm going to go do something. This week, uh, who I don't, did he I don't, pick this week? Oh, they, they went with the Tennessee Titans this week. So they, they, oh, they picked the him. Titans. So uh, he is uh, the, the one of the two entries on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he was texting me Thursday night and said, wow, I guess we should have just picked the Raiders as the Raiders were up 42 to nothing at halftime. <laughs> and I was like, that's how you want all your Circus Survivor selections to go, but that's not yeah. how it goes uh, in this contest. All right, let's go over to Foxborough, where the New England Patriots are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, the spread is at 8.5, total 38.5. Chiefs obviously favored here in this game. But this is an interesting note here that our producer Elliot put into the rundown. 
This is the first time that two head coaches in the top five and career regular season wins have faced each other since week four of 1990 when Don Shula's Dolphins met Chuck Knoll Steelers here. Obviously, two Hall of Fame head coaches, Reed and Belichick, and what should be a fun game this afternoon. Right, and, and Pacheco's not going to go. Andy Reid came out this week and said he will not go. Maybe next week they could get him back, and I think he's critical to their offense. Their offense now, the way their offense is set up now, I think he's a critical component to it because they need to run the ball. They need to kind of use play. They just can't come out there and throw it all over the lot. And as we had Rich Gannon on the show yesterday, we were talking about Kelsey, and maybe that injury has affected him. So, he, you know, you got to keep Mahomes in the pocket because when he does get out, that's when he finds Kelsey wide open all over the field. So, look, these matchups are always good. I think Belichick has a good understanding of Andy Reid. Andy Reid has a good understanding of how Belichick likes to play, so the chess match within the game is mm-hmm. always fascinating. The key is going to be, can Bailey Zappi protect the ball? That's going to come down to it. The Patriots have moved the football at times. right? They'll move the ball. The problem is field position. Against the Chargers, the starting point was the 14-yard line for them. For the entire game, it wasn't just one series. It was the entire game. Wow. Their field position was the 14 because of weather, and they couldn't do anything. That's why they got shut out. So it's going to come down to it. Can they block Chris Jones, and can they execute against man coverage with these receivers, and can Bailey Zappi protect the ball? And the line has moved towards them. I think people still mm-hmm. have faith in this Patriot defense. This Patriot defense is hard to run the ball on. They don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback without you know, losing, losing uh, you know, their best rusher in, in Matthew Judon, but they're able to play good coverage. They're getting better in the back end, and they're making plays. You know, they keep the ball out of the end zone, which is what keeps games close. They have not – I mean, over the span of def- – since the Miami game where they gave up 31, they've played good defense. They just haven't been able to play complementary offense. So you agree with the line movement moving in favor of New England? You know, I do. I mean, look, we when when Kansas City was at their peak offensively, they were a good cover team. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fascinating. This open ten and a half. It's been all Patriots money, at least from respected betters throughout the week. Here, we'll see what happens later on today over at Gillette Stadium. All right, on the other side, we will go to Northeast Ohio in an interesting line move in this game between the Bears and the Browns. Next, here on the Lombardi Line. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event, date, and more. Check the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VSIN expert has the hot hand for VSIN Pro picks. Betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $9.99 at VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're rolling along here, week 15, Sunday on the Lombardi line, hanging out on the DraftKings Network. Family of Bebefe, Michael Lombardi. Let's get over to Northeast Ohio here, Michael. We mm. talked about it at the top of the show. Weather expected in Cleveland, as always. Rind, wind and rain. I almost combined them. Rind uh, out there in Northeast Ohio as the Chicago Bears are taking on the Cleveland Browns. And we've seen some interesting line movement. This was three for much of the week. Now we're down to two and a half. So a big move going from three to two and a half. They're moving off of that key number total at 37 and a half here to where the market thinks that the Chicago Bears, they're buying into what they've seen over the last few weeks here with that defense, and maybe they can keep this thing competitive, if not pull off the outright upset. Well, I definitely think that what you're seeing here in the contest, in the circuit contest, Femi, on Thursday, it was three and a half. And so this has been trending in this direction all week. And I think a lot of this has related to, yes, the Bears are playing better, but it's also related to the fact that the Cleveland offensive line continues to get hammered with injuries, mm-hmm. right? Ethan Posick is out with a – he's got a stinger in his neck. He can't play. You know, they've already lost their backup. They've lost both their starting tackles, and they lost up their ba- backup tackles. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to go into the game with three of their five offensive linemen that began the season out, and then the backup's out. So this is really a depleted offensive line, and they've got a bunch of injuries, whether it's Anthony Walker, Denzel Ward will not play again today, apparently. You know, they've got a bunch of guys injured on their defensive front. So I think that's moving the number, along with the fact that, yes, the Bears have played much better, and the Bears have kind of been able to do this defensively. They have forced 11 turnovers in the last three weeks, Hmm. which is why they've been so successful, and they've been able to play so well. You know, and they've had timely passing. And when you watch the Browns over the last five weeks, you know, they have not played as good defensively. They're down to fifth in EPA per play since week nine. Now, they got to block Miles Garrett, and that's going to be a problem because he's playing better than he has since the shoulder injury. But that's the problem. And so this is a game that sets up. It'd be hard to run the ball. Schwartz will do a good job of taking away the Bears' run game. But can he take away Justin Fields' run game? That's going to be the key. Yeah, you talked about the Browns' offensive line, all the injuries they've suffered. How about their defense? They've suffered a lot of injuries as well. You mentioned Denzel Ward. Grant Delpit, their safety, who's the leading tackler on the team, he's done for the season. Uh, Obo Okoronkwo, the, the pass rusher, he's out for this game and probably out for the remainder of the regular season. Maybe they could get him back if they made a playoff run. Like This defense is also kind of holding on for dear life as well. And we also have documented the Miles Garrett injuries as well, despite him being on the field. Yeah. And so, look, last week they forced four turnovers by Jacksonville and and won the game and because they turned it over three times. I mean, you know what's interesting is this Flacco phenomenon, which is incredible, right? Just mm-hmm. think about this, Femi. Flacco has started two games for them. 
He started two games for them. He has thrown for 565 yards in those two games. Deshaun Watson has started six games for them. He's thrown for 1,165 yards. Think about this, 1,115 yards. So, like, they're throwing the ball at a higher level. Now, the problem is they can't run the ball as effectively. D. Ford has been hurt. Kareem Hunt's a good inside-the-tackle runner. He runs with power. But for them, it's hard to run the ball in the Bears. So Flacco's going to have to play, throw the ball, and he's going to, and they're going to have to do a good job of protecting him in the game. Now they don't have Ndokwe; he's going on IR. He broke his foot this week. The Bears do, mm-hmm. but they're going to have to put pressure on. And, and can Flacco continue to play at this level where he doesn't turn the ball over? He's had two interceptions in two games, but he's done a great job of making explosive plays within the game. Yeah, we've said it. The best version of this Browns passing game has been with Joe Flacco at quarterback, which <laughs> sounds crazy to say uh, after he's only been with the team about three and a half weeks or so. But he finally got his contract to be the, well, on the roster for the remainder of the season. So good for Joe Flacco. It's a fun story of uh, what he's been able to do here. Uh, let's get over, though, to Carolina, where we talked about how the weather is going to play a factor oh, in this boy. one. It's going to be constant downpour, a lot of wind here. And this was your Holland Oats play on Saturday when we did this show yesterday. And apparently the market is interested in your Holland Oats play because the key number of three no longer exists we're now two and a half pretty much across the board 32 and a half is our total here with the market having some interest on the carolina panthers i mean everybody has interest on carolina because <laughs> they feel like hey they're going to eventually win a second game right and if you go back and watch the first game opening day if you do any homework on the game and you go back and watch opening day and you see that the Panthers had 20 first downs, the Falcons 13. You see that the Panthers ran for 154 yards, the Falcons 130. You see that they actually the Panthers threw for more yards. The Falcons threw for 90 yards. They got sacked four times in the game, right? And so they dominated the game, except like most Panther games, they turned the ball over three times. And the Falcons did not turn the ball over. It's hard to fall in love with the Falcons. Like, it's really hard to sit there and want to root for the Falcons because there's too many bad plays by Desmond Ritter. He has some good plays, and then he has some really bad ones. As we said when he was playing over in Germany, he's the kind of quarterback that has to throw the ball in a pitch-and-catch manner Mm -hmm. where he can see the receiver and throw it. When he has to throw in a horizontal, throw him open horizontally, that's when he gets into problems. We saw that last week. He throws a bubble screen out there, and you know he, he telegraphs that it gets picked off or a slip screen. It was a straight, straight slip screen horizontally, and that's been the issue. Now, Carolina can play good defense, and they know how to play Atlanta's run game. We see that. Opening day, they did that. And look, there'll be nobody in the stadium. Nobody's going to want to go watch this game. I saw online they're giving away tickets for like 50 cents yep like you could buy them in a, like they're not nobody's gonna be at this game it's gonna be ugly you know i don't know why you'd want to play i mean two and a half this could go anyway i mean i think it's i re the weather reinforced me to make it a hall and oats play because now you have no idea how the team's going to react to weather <laughs> by kickoff they might have to pay some people to show up to this game <laughs> say here, here's five dollars uh, upon entry you get five dollars and a free hot dog or something like that at the concession because this is going to be an absolute mess here uh, I, we haven't talked much about this recently but i just want to get your thoughts on this quick before we go to the jets dolphins game bryce young obviously the struggles have been well documented throughout this season are we still holding out hope here for bryce young like it, it's been a bad situation he's yeah. shown some signs but it's been pretty bad though like I, as someone who liked bryce young coming out i must admit there's some some alarming signs but hey you know it's his rookie year and the situation has been less than ideal 
it's been progressively getting worse. I mean, last week he had a touchdown pass wide open. He overthrew him by three yards. Yeah. You know, and then those are throws he typically makes. You know, his accuracy has not been very good. He's got no chance to really make plays. He's running for his life. You, you have to be concerned. I think there's no question. And I'm a fan of Bryce Young, and I think you have to be concerned about where he's going. And whoever comes in there to play, you, you've got to be able to sit there and say, okay, what can we do well? This, this whole team has not been built around the right things to do for him, but that's an excuse. He still can make throws that he needs to make. He's just been hit way too much. Just way too much. And look, since their bye week, since they came back off the bye and they've had an opportunity to really evaluate where they were in the bye week, they were 0-6 at the bye. They had an opportunity to evaluate where they are. They haven't thrown for over 200 yards in any game. They have mm-hmm. no passing game whatsoever. And is that Bryce Young's fault or is that the fault of the system or is it a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, it's uh, whatever it is. It's 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 not good right there in Carolina. And it's uh, for someone who's the number one overall pick. A lot of fans have been saying, hey, we should have taken Stroud and all that stuff. It's like hindsight, of course, is 2020. But uh, hopefully Bryce Young can get this thing going in the right direction once we get into the 2024 season here. Uh, Want to update folks on what's going on with the total in the Jets Dolphins game. We talked about weather. We talked about Tyreek Hill. But this total has been getting bet now to the over uh, in the last five to ten minutes or so. It was 36 and a half earlier when we were doing the show. Now it is 37 and a half. There's even a 38 where I'm sitting here at Circa, Michael. So some interest coming in on the over as we're about about two hours from kickoff down there in South Beach. Yeah, and, and look, I, I say the under in the Carolina-Atlanta game, that's at 32. There's some 32 and a halfs. I think that's going to continue to go down with this weather report. And, you know, I truly believe Tyreek Hill will play. Does he tick the over? I think he'll play, but I don't know how much of an influence on the game he'll have. Mm. Whereas in the Carolina-Atlanta game, I I think 13-10 to might win that game. Yeah, that one feels like a 13 to 10 kind of game. Maybe this Dolphins game is kind of a 13 to 10 sort of situation as well. If Tua struggles in that with the wet football and the wind and he's not able to drive the ball in and the Jets, like, like their interior of the defensive line can push the pocket and the Dolphins have been very, oh, very banged up on that O line. Oh, they're banged up on the offensive line. I mean, Leon Ectenberg is going to have to play center. He's hurt. Yeah. You know, they lose Connor Williams. They've lost a bunch of guys in their line. Even when if they start Armstead in the game, if he's cleared to play, he'll come out in the second quarter. He'll be re-injured again. They can't yeah. keep five linemen on the field. And I think as this season has progressed, right, mm-hmm. everybody kind of now knows how to handle this offense. Remember, this was on pace. This offense was on pace to to really do away with all the numbers the Rams did in the, the greatest show on turf. And now they're not even the best EPA team per play in the NFL. The 49ers have passed them in that category. So they're trending in the wrong direction offensively. No, 100% there. It hasn't been good for the Miami Dolphins as we saw Monday night. All right, that is it for hour number one. Hour number two will begin with America's Game of the Week, Cowboys at the Bills in Western New York. This is the Lombardi Line. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.